We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, finishing off our player-by-player profiles for the 2020 fantasy football season today. The tight end position in the comment section after you smash the like button. Please tell me who the biggest bust at the top end of tight ends is going to be, in your opinion. That's up to you. Also, rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience five stars for the audio version, especially if you are outside of the United States. I mean, if you're in the United States, please rate the show five stars. You don't even need to leave the review. Just scroll down, hit the five-star button, boom, we're good to go. But if you live in, like, I don't know, Japan, and you're listening, that goes a lot. The reach goes a long way because people aren't leaving a whole lot of reviews on fantasy football podcasts over there. So please help out the show. Also, if you hit the description of this video or podcast, you will find the entire spectrum of the Pat Mayo Experience Fantasy Football 2020 draft kit, including all the running backs, all the quarterbacks, all the wide receivers, plus my top 200 rankings, which are already out. Chris Meany has been on all of these. Yes. He is in studio with me. He is from FadeTheNoise.com. And for not even just football, but any sport you want at FadeTheNoise.com, use promo code MAYO. There's already, like, discounts going around at Fade the Noise. If yeah. you just type in MAYO, you get extra money off. <laughs> extra money is good. That's what you want. Yeah, I mean, and there's lots of sports, as you're well aware. Um, yeah, you know. FTNFantasy.com, FTN Daily, FTN Bets. There's a bunch of it. Data. Yeah, and, and there's lots of, I mean, it's obviously we're sitting here talking football and, you know, leading the way, Ratcliffe and Brad Evans, pretty too. They're uh, on the top 200 show. People <laughs> want to check that one out. I, and I listened. It was great. Um, but... You know, not just the football, you know, baseball, basketball, tennis, MMA, esports. It's, yeah, it, we're, we're really covering all the bases there. A lot of cool tools, a lot of neat things happening. Yeah, so promo code Mayo and follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Meany. Of course, let's talk these tight ends. Kelsey, first tight end coming off the board. Not a big shocker with that. Average draft position uh, per NFC right now in these high stakes leagues. I've taken these ones from the middle of June to now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it's pretty recent. Yep. Pick 21. So end of the, mid to end of the second round, early third round is the general spot where Kelsey's going. I love that spot for him. Yeah, I mean, what can we even say about Kelsey? It's, I remember talking to you last year, uh, roughly this time, we were just debating. Like, if you have pick 12, do you just take him? And I think... I did th- I did that last year. I took him in the first round or at the swing pick. You'd be shocked how many teams I started with, Kelsey and Michael Thomas. Those teams <laughs> did pretty well. Those teams but at the time, well. people were like, well, you don't have a running back. What are you doing? It's like, well, I have these two guys right. who are potentially number one. Kelsey has been the number one tight end for four straight years. Yeah. Like... It's it's and it's hard to argue him not being again. I mean, I I wouldn't mind Kittle if it's a few picks later. If I'm picking, I don't know. And it is a few. If we it just is, just a couple. If, if we mesh these guys into each other, basically, see the range though of outcomes like seven yeah. people are more willing probably to to grab Kittle. Maybe that has something to do with the Debo Samuel injury. Potentially, it does. I'd say. I mean, he missed two games last year. He didn't come too far off from you know Kelsey's numbers really. He he clearly is the go-to guy in San Fran. What is a run-heavy offense? But he is the guy. And you could make a case for, I suppose, Hill, Tyreek Hill being the guy. There's a lot of options in KC. It, it just doesn't – there's a consistency factor every single week to Travis Kelsey. Like, and people complain through, like, the first, like, five games last year. No like, Kelsey shows. sucks. Kelsey sucks. Like, yeah. he's scoring, like, 13 points a week, and he's not doing anything. Yeah. Well, Wait until he, he does something. Right. He wasn't, he wasn't finding the end zone, but from a, you know, a, t- a target catch per game, yards per game, he was number one in, in all those categories that you want. He just wasn't finding the end zone at the early part of the season. And that, you know, he started to find the end zone at the end and throw the playoffs, obviously. The, the big thing about these two guys and what separates them from the rest of the tight end pack is that consistency factor where, generally speaking, some guys will you know, go on little mini runs where they'll go like six for 80 and score a touchdown or just six for 75 yeah. the next week. And they're having good weeks. Yeah. Just these guys do it every week. And tight end is so th- – tight end relies so much when you look at the rankings at the end of every single year of who scored the most fantasy points. It's so touchdown-driven. 100%. And then you see all these guys who get, like, three targets a week, and you know, they end up scoring, like, nine touchdowns or something. Yeah. But you never want to play them because, like, oh, they could be zero. Yeah. So, One of those touchdowns going to come. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's really difficult to predict. At least with these guys, you have the floor with Kittle and Kelsey. So I guess the big question is – a lot of people are taking Mahomes or Lamar in this sort of range when you could be taking Kelsey or Kittle. I'd rather have the tight end. Like Me too. It, barring injury, I, I don't want to say I guarantee you, but I'll, I'll guarantee you. Do it. Kelsey and Kittle are coming top five of their position. Probably top three. They're probably going to be one, two yeah. at tight end by the end of the year, as long as they don't get as hurt. As long as they play 14 games. With Lamar and Mahomes, yeah, they're going to be good, but if Lamar doesn't, have, let's say Lamar regresses 20% of his numbers, which isn't unrealistic right. based on the season that he had a year ago, that he's back in the range with like all of the other quarterbacks. He could be one and only score a point and a half a game more than like the guy who's eighth. The difference between these guys and everyone else is huge. It's, it's significant because as we get down through some of the next few guys, I expect a little bit of regression from a couple of them. I don't expect any regression from Kelsey or Kittle, like I said. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Kittle had a better fantasy season than Kelsey, but I agree with you 100%. I, I would much rather have the tight end than because it is a, it is a big drop. I mean, if you, again, if you're at the 11 or 12 spot in your draft, you pair him up with a, one of these tight ends with a back, I think you're ahead of the curve. I mean, they, we've already talked with the wide receiver positions. There's just so much value there and just so deep and i will say this 
it's not exciting usually to talk about tight ends once you get past the first few. It's like, okay, just wait it out and grab someone near the end. This is actually a pretty interesting you know, tight end year where there's some guys that have some upside. But again, you're not going to have that consistency where Kittle and Kelsey are going to average about eight targets per game. You're not going to see that with like Hawkinson or Noah Fant. No, and last four years, Kelsey has the fifth most receptions in the league, and if you took his fantasy points and translated him over to receiver, he'd be he the would, number six receiver. He, yeah. So like, you have to think of him that way and then give him a boost because exactly. of the position. Because of the position. Like, this, he, he just outscores everyone except for Kittle this, by so much. This is exactly what I remember talking to you about last year is when you get to that point, do you want him or Julio Jones? And it's like, okay, Julio is like he 1,000 every year. He can get up to 1,400. We've seen it, but the drop-off, it's, it's significant. So I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think... I think Kelsey and Kittle should both be gone before mid-second. They should be and, off the board. And they're lasting sometimes in the very early, yeah. early. If you want them, you're going to have to take them in you round are. two. You're like if you to. wait for them and they fall to you in round three, you probably have a pretty good team on your hands. Yeah. Kittle, the last two years, has led the league in yards after reception. Yeah. Like he's and with Debo out for let's say three, four weeks, the broken foot. Everyone's drafting Ayuk. We talked about this. Those are going to go to Kittle. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's Kittle's offense. The The entire offense is going to run through him. They're, they're still going to want to run the football there, but he is the red zone threat. He's, he's everything. He's Garoppolo's number one target. So the case against these guys is more of an outlier situation because a lot of people last year, there was two really popular sleepers. One was Mark Andrews, one was Darren Waller. That yeah. if you waited to like the last round yeah. and drafted those guys, you're on your way. It worked out. Yeah. Like you didn't need Kittle or Kelsey because yeah. you had so much value on these guys who ended up becoming top five options. That doesn't normally happen. No. <laughs> and now they come at a premium. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, we hit on them last year. And I don't think that there's anyone in that range who could, you know, potentially lead their team in targets and, and catches, which we saw with Except, Waller and Andrews. We saw that. Andrews is probably the only one right now. So Mark Andrews is going at as tight end number three, pick number 48. That's end of round four. Like, do you feel good about... Like, I like Mark Andrews a lot, Mm -hmm. but it's a lot of draft capital for a guy who did it once. Yeah, I I do. I still think the offense is going to run through him. I mean, Hayden Hurst, not that he did a whole lot, but... But he's gone. He's gone, so that that was the one thing that, you know, we kind of joked about, that Baltimore just had a dozen tight ends and which one's it going to be. And I I think Mark Andrews is just like with Kittle. He's, He's the number one option, really, for Lamar Jackson. Um... He's the red zone threat. He's going to be a big part of that offense through the air. You know, they want to run the football. But I, I like, I'm fine with this price. After this, it, to me, it's like after those first three, like there's that tier with those two. Andrews, I think, is by himself. And then after that, it's like, well, you might as well just wait on value uh, and, and try to find some upside. I guess it depends. Like Andrews last year had seven games of 50 yards and a score mm-hmm. seven times. Like yeah. no one had done that since Gronk, right. which is kind of nuts. But let's say, we see it every single year. These players, whoever it might be, mm-hmm. just have a outlier touchdown year, either up or down. Let's say he only scores three touchdowns this year. It seems inconceivable right now, yeah. but it's not like the craziest thing in the world. That if he's not a guy who is scoring a bunch of touchdowns, there's no way he pays off that price. And if he doesn't, then Lamar may struggle you know, through the air. I mean, you're, you said or it Hollywood off the top. Breaks out, or, or Hollywood breaks out. Or Hollywood breaks out, or Jake's boy Boykin. You know, yeah, let's calm yeah. down on Boykin Jake. But, but to be honest, I mean, another guy that I feel like at least will have that volume, the targets, it's possible that maybe he only scores five touchdowns. But again, he's going to be a target in the red zone, and he's, he's going to be right there with Kittle in terms of targets per game. I mean, I, I think... 
I think this is a fair price. I really do. I think it's a good spot, and you and you want a piece of that Baltimore offense. I mean, the backfield is a little crowded, and there's some question marks with some other wide receivers. I mean, I think he's the go-to guy. So that's pick number 48, going as early as number 31, as late as 65. Zach Ertz is next. He's ADP number 55 overall yeah. right now. He's sort of the anti-Mark Andrews, where... Oh, it's, it's eight for 66 for Zach Ertz. Hopefully yeah. he can find the end zone. But yeah. at the end of the year, he started finding the end zone. He did. His first three years of his, of his career, he never found the end zone. That was a problem. It's like, oh, eventually, you know, he'll find the end zone and he'll be a target for Carson Wentz. He's actually a fade for me as much as I like Zach really? Ertz and how consistent he normally is. Yeah, there's just... There's a lot going on there in Philadelphia, and I know there's some question marks with Deshaun Jackson and Alshon well, Jeffrey. Is, is Deshaun Jackson even going to be on this team? Because I have a feeling that he's not. I'm surprised we haven't you know, heard anything yet. I mean, Philly had a statement. They said they were going to clean it up in-house. They've been known to give guys benefit of the doubt before in the past. Bradley Cooper, Vic? Michael Vick, they've, they've, they've let guys go before. I don't know if – I think he's going to be there. Okay. I'll say that. He was there. I mean, he wasn't I, really there last he, year. He no, he played a couple like a games. <laughs> yeah, and his one week was phenomenal. But there's just a lot going on there. You also have Dallas Goddard, who I thought towards the, the end of the season really took a step forward. When, when a lot of these wide receivers got hurt, like Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, and they were just rolling out, you know, random scrubs – Teams just really focused on Zach Ertz. And but it was Dallas Goddard who was wide he, open. He was, but he, he, I mean, Ertz still caught 88 passes last year, and he scored in five of the last seven weeks. Like, yeah. he got better as the year went along. He only had one touchdown catch in his first eight games. Yeah. He had five in the final seven. Like, yeah, when Wentz was was feeling it and had to go his way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really Greg Ward options. couldn't do everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I, just, I just feel like we could potentially be disappointed with Ertz. Like, it, I just feel like 90 catches – may be a bit of a stretch if Jalen Rager is is big part of the offense they also they draft like four other wide receivers there too so I just feel like he could he could let us down I feel like he's the I, I know we all want Miles Sanders this year yeah but he just feels like the same is Dallas Goddard even awake from getting like sucker punched <laughs> I hope so poor guy, I, I, man. yeah I know as someone who's a, been sucker punched a bunch of times yeah. like look how punchable my face is it happens. It's the same. Like it's getting dropped. Not a whole lot of fun when you don't see it coming. It's no. not a whole lot of fun anyway. Yeah. When you don't see it coming, yeah. it's not great. I, I just think we'll see another step forward from Goddard. I think, you know, he did some really good things in the last few few games. He was a he was also a red zone threat for um Carson Wentz. So not that I'm saying, you know, draft Goddard and feel good about him being a tight end one. I'll tell you what, if you draft if you have Goddard in your team and anything happens to Zach Ertz you have yourself a top five tight end. We'll say that. Sure. No, that's easy to, it's tough to predict those kind of things, but you can just take away Ertz's numbers and, and Goddard would just get them. Darren Waller is the fifth tight end off the board. He is ADP number 68 right now, as high as 53, as low as 81. This feels like a giant step backwards. Exactly. This year. He's no longer just the guy there right. anymore. That's the whole point. Like Waller, when we looked at it last year, was like, who is taking away targets from Darren Waller? Like, he could be yeah. the main guy, and he was. He was. And he still didn't score a bunch of touchdowns, because in the red zone, they love using Foster Moreau for whatever reason, the <laughs> island of Foster Moreau. But now you go out and you draft rugs. You yeah. bring in Aguilar, which doesn't sound like much, but it's just another warm body. Yeah, Lynn Bowden. To, to throw out with Tyrell Williams. And Hunter Renfro is going to be healthy the entire season. He's like also a red zone. Yeah, like there's just red zone there's a lot more options to suck away all that volume. Now, the price isn't bad no. at pick number 68, but this like where who is the like you think it's Mark Andrews is the guy it's you draft Kelsey where he's going Kittle where he's going Andrews where he's going or just wait yeah 
Yeah, or just wait. I Like I said, I'd pass on Ertz and I'd pass on Waller. It's going to be hard for him to duplicate what he did last year. You bring in all those weapons that you just mentioned, Lynn Bowden. Um, this is a team that wants to run the football. They got Jason Witten there, too. We can laugh about Jason oh, Witten, but still, like, he's going to piss people off. There's no question about it, especially if you're a Waller owner. I mean, you know who that sucks for? Me. Because in my league, we have this one guy who, like, barely pays attention. He's just been in the league for 15 years. And, and he will most definitely have Jason Witten as, as his starting tight end. And he will score zero for, yeah. like, seven consecutive weeks. And then he'll play me, and Jason Witten will score three touchdowns. There's always somebody. There was someone in my league last year that drafted Witten, and I laughed and I joked. It's like, what? Like, why? Why are we doing this? But... Listen, Gruden has said it numerous times. He's going to run three tight end sets. He's going to run the football, hammer the rock. And, you know, in the red zone, there's just – there's no – what we talked about wide receivers, Hunter Renfro, I think maybe you and I were alone. He is one of Carr's favorite guys and go-to guys inside the red zone. We saw it last year. He's very, very efficient inside the red zone. So it's just Waller's numbers are just going to come down. It's just natural. His targets are going to come down. They got an elite number one wide receiver now in rugs. Tyrell Williams uh... missed a ton. Okay, there's time to be said about that. Fine. But at least they have one. Tyrell Williams was their number one wide receiver last year. I think he scored a touchdown in the first four games, but then he missed all that time. So really, it was just Carr throwing the football to Waller. So it's just natural you're going to see some regression. Yeah, it's just a volume regression from him. Like He's not going to hit the heights that he did in terms of just through attrition every single week. It's like, oh, the Raiders suck. Like They're they're not having a good game. Like Let me go check to see what Waller's doing. Oh, he has seven catches for 55 yards already in the first half. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Exactly. I'll take that. That's fine. For sure. Yeah. So here's a fun one. Yeah, I know. Eleanor Higby. Pick number 79. As high as 61. It, the, the love is starting to come it's back off of it a little bit. A little bit. Because it man. got really high and then it's coming back down. Because it should, because it's ridiculous. Like, what are you doing? You're drafting him over Evan Ingram, really? I get that Ingram's hurt every single year, but give your fucking head a shake. There's there's people who really, really like him. I've seen rankings as tight end four off the board. I've seen people reach for him. That is a huge, huge mistake. You're asking for it if you were reaching on Tyler Higby and just his last few games were phenomenal. How sustainable is that? Come on. It's not. Put it this way. If you think that he can replicate what he did the last four games, you should be drafting him as... George Kittle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's three. Tight end you're three not, the board. You're not going to get that. I hate to tell you. No, you're not. And there's just so many other factors there, too, like that that played in. I mean, Gerald Everett was actually okay in the first few games of the season. He had a couple. I know he had one 100-yard game. He had multiple games where he had double-digit targets. And then he – because I remember, I, I rostered him. I had him on my team. And I was Cup got hurt. And then, cup, yeah, and Cup Cooks left. Got hurt. Everett got hurt. Cooks, exactly. Gurley so. wasn't – wasn't thrown to out of the backfield for whatever reason. Anderson. And he started playing all these 12 sets. Exactly. And I don't think that they're going to lean on that as much because you know what? They're not going to be as good. I know. They're... They can't just throw out these big packages and try to run the ball as much as they wanted to. Right. So. Yeah. So, uh, he's a clear fade for me. I, I wouldn't be shocked if... Maybe this is a hot, hot take, but I wouldn't be shocked if Everett had very similar numbers than, as, as Higby yeah, and, at the end the of the season. And the thing is, the, if Everett has similar numbers to Higby, they're both unhonorable. Right, 100%. Yeah, I agree with you. So he he's a clear fade. I like. Yeah, it was good what he did last year towards the end. I know they signed him to an extension. I don't care about any of that. I'm not paying for the six games that he was really, really good. This is a situation where we could have a lot of egg on our face by the time it, that it, the end of the year comes along. And I'm, will, I'm willing to take that. But Tower Higby, out of all these guys that, like in the, like, the top ten or so, he strikes me as the guy that you might drop after three he's weeks. A, and you're, <laughs> yeah, he is the, the easiest clear-cut a bus, not even just for tight ends, for anybody. I mean, look where he's going. Uh, if someone w- was willing to take him, pick 61? 
pick 61? You can get like DJ In the Chark fifth there. round? <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Yeah, you like, can I get don't a wide like, receiver I, with 100 targets. I don't like David Montgomery, but David Montgomery is going in the same range. Like, that's a starting running back. <laughs> Especially if you're going to, you know, you start off with a tight end or a back or a couple wide receivers and you want to, you know, the no RB strategy or whatever, zero RB strategy. I mean, yeah, Montgomery is going to be a guy that... Volume. It's volume. He's going to touch the ball 300 times. Yeah, it might it might even just be bad volume. But, yeah. you know, I'd rather take that shit. It'd be like if like David Johnson is going after this. Like, I hate David Johnson. Same. Game. I still think I'd rather the... If James Conner. If this was... Oh, Conner I actually like. Yeah, me too. There's but an upside there. if this was 50 picks later, and it was like round 12, round 13 for Higby, that is a very calculated gamble. You actually have to spend draft capital to get him. Like, right. He has to be perfect for you. He, he Not perfect, but he has to... In this range of return value for a fifth round pick, he better average sixty five yards per game consistently. Like he better get five catches and sixty yards per game. Like forget the touchdowns. Like I don't even think I think we what only a handful of touchdowns, not even five, I believe. So he averaged 104 yards per game over the final five, but he ran just 115 routes in the first twelve weeks. In those games, Everett ran two hundred and thirty. Exactly. And yeah. maybe there just is a shift. And I, I don't it's even want to yeah, I, you know what? I don't even want to yeah about this. Don't draft Tyler Higby. How about that? <laughs> Thanks. I'm with you. I stamp approval. Yeah, move on. Evan Ingram. Pick number 88. A full 10 picks after Tyler Higby. Yes, he can't stay healthy. Yeah. I'm aware of this. I've had him on my team in the past. <laughs> Same. Uh, however, this is a team that's probably going to be losing a lot. Yep. I like Daniel Jones. Me too. Uh, against the NFC East like with the way that the schedule looks right now, like it's a tougher schedule for the Giants the first few weeks, and then it really opens up for yeah. them. If they go to the air, I'd rather take a gamble on Evan Ingram over Tyler Higby. He's at least shown us a little bit more. You know, obviously you're right; he hasn't been able to stay healthy, but he's he's put together. Put it this way: I don't worry about where we worry about Jared, Gerald Everett outscoring Tyler Higby. I don't worry about Rhett, Rhett Ellison, Ellison no. who I think may have retired. But <laughs> yeah. I don't worry about him. You shouldn't. I, it, Ingram has been a stud since day one. You know, when he was a rookie, he was he was setting records, man, for tight ends. He was he was great. I know Odell Beckham Jr. missed some time, but he was he was reliable. He is a wide receiver. He, exactly. He is he's a big body who has great hands. He can run nice, solid routes. And you're right, the schedule is pretty tough. I think it starts San Fran, Chicago. Pittsburgh in some sort of order like that, but it's also but you're that take is away that, those wideouts and it's going to be and that's also really if the season goes off without a hitch right now, it's teams in a bubble. You don't know who's going to be on those fucking teams by the time <laughs> week two comes along. Like I don't even know if the season's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's you're right, but yeah, Ingram is. And this is kind of the range where he went last year. Remember, there was like that five to seven range he was mixing there with with uh, OJ Howard. It and was, but like Hunter right, Henry. Right now, he's pick eighty eight. Last year, that was like pick fifty six. Fifty six. Like so this, this is where like er, like where Ertz is going now is where Everett was going. Li- like those, or sorry, right. Ingram was going Ingram. last year. Yeah, and I think that yeah. So you're getting a, another round maybe back, uh, but he still has that same upside. Like that talent is is not gone anywhere. But even so, like I'd almost still rather wait towards the end to do this like why am i going to spend pick number 88 when it depends on who's left there yeah maybe ingram is the best of those guys but i could just wait till the 15th round and take a guy who's potentially the equivalent or maybe i like better well like and then if they suck i don't feel bad about dropping them there's yeah that i feel like that is such an overlooked part about draft strategy that people just don't put themselves into like if you draft a player because people always talk about let's say oh well when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is bad after three weeks, 
then just trade for him because he's yeah. going to be great. Yeah, you think the guy who spent the second round pick on Clyde Edwards no Hilaire is going to sell him for nothing? Yeah, Stubborn. that doesn't fucking happen. And I heard <laughs> you say that with Brad, and he brought up Montgomery, and I was in the same situation. Like, I had Montgomery. How many times did I want to drop this loser? And I was just like, but no you wouldn't way. Trade him. But I wouldn't trade him. <laughs> no, I mean, I remember, I think, like, I remember getting some decent offers at the end of the day. It's like, well, I probably should have jumped on that, but there was no way. And it's the same thing for Higby. Like, how many zeros are some, is somebody going to take in the first three? If, if three of the first six weeks are five, six fantasy points, like, and and a guy like Blake Jarwin or Eric Ebron is sitting on the of waiver wire. Oh, there's always waiver wire tight ends who <laughs> put together two good weeks, then you pick them up and play them, and they're god awful. Yeah, as I said earlier, the first three tight ends I'm in on. And then I'm, it's waiting game for me. So Ingram is just all about health. Like, when he has played, he's averaged over five receptions per game yeah. in the 17 games over the past two years when he's been healthy. So yeah. at least you know that if he doesn't have the O next to his name, he's going to be pretty good. Just play him on DraftKings. Just play yeah. him on DK. Because yeah, when he's healthy, he, you know where he's ranked, and you know, he's always ranked near the top yeah. in terms of fantasy points per game. It's true. Yeah. Hayden Hurst, the number eight. It's another interesting guy. Yeah, it's pick number 95, so it's not so bad. He is someone that I wouldn't mind drafting, but not at the average draft position. I would want him to fall to me. Like, yeah. he's not a reach guy. Even at his price, he's not good enough for me. Only because you're basically just saying, hey, H- Hayden Hurst is Austin Hooper. Yeah, and I think that's unfair. Austin Hooper's pretty good. Real good. Yeah. I don't love his situation anymore. Me neither. And this situation, like... I find it hysterical that no one wants to draft Matt Ryan, yet Julio's going to be awesome, <laughs> Ridley's going to be awesome, Hurst is going to be awesome. Yeah. Like everyone everyone on Atlanta, Gage is a sleeper, but Matt Ryan, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, Gurley's going to catch 50 balls, but Matt Ryan, I'm a big Matt Ryan fan. I think he's a great fantasy quarterback. I think the offensive line is weak. I think the defense, which is a little I bit think, concerning. I think that the offensive line is getting better. It is getting better. They've done some things to address it. Um, but even still, like Matt Ryan drops back. 40 times a game. I mean, he's always near the top in passing attempts. The defense still stinks. Well, here's the thing. You know who can block? Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. You know who couldn't? Austin Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, again, I just think it's unfair. You look at Hooper two years ago. So last year he was hurt, but he was still on that pace a couple years ago, what he had set. I mean, he I think he had 79 catches. That was fourth among all the tight ends. It was those big three that we talked about earlier with Kittle and, and Kelsey and Ertz. And then it was Hooper who was right there and getting under drafted. I mean, he was going around 10. But I think it's unfair to just say that Hurst is going to step into this offense and catch 80 balls. And then you see Matt Ryan is one of the fastest tight ends he's ever seen and ever played with. It's like, why, why are you even saying that? You play with Gonzalez. You played with Hooper. You played with really good tight ends over the course of your career. I think there's slightly just a little bit too much hype. With Hurst. Like, what is really... So, pick number 95 for Hayden Hurst or as tight end number 8 off the board. Or Austin Hooper, now in Cleveland, tight end number 13, pick 130. Like, what's really... How many... If we ran the season 100 times, how often does Austin Hooper outscore Hayden Hurst in fantasy points? Like, 48 times? Yeah. Like, it's a coin flip, isn't it? It is. It's pr- it is. Like, if you're asking me who I'd rather have... It's Hurst. It's Hurst. But at the price point... Maybe, maybe I just take Hooper as tight end 14 off the board. Pick, like, look at the range there. Pick 130, 168. I know there's a ton of options in Cleveland, but. There's a ton of options I'd in Cleveland. I'd rather Atlanta. 60, 60 picks later. Yeah, exactly. There's, a t- there's, there's several. Um, so I, I don't know. Hurst, Her- I agree with what you said when you first brought him up. You don't need to reach on him, but if he's going to fall to you, it's where fine. he's around 10, tight end 10, 11, 12. He's a startable tight end, tight end one, borderline. He, he doesn't feel like a guy who will fall, though. Like some, someone in your draft will be like, oh, my, they traded for him. 
Yeah. Austin Hooper, I just read this. Free him. I, I opened up my magazine and saw he got, not only did they trade for him, Austin Hooper's not there anymore. Yeah, exactly. It, depending on when you bought the magazine. Yeah. If you, know, if you bought it in March, maybe not. Yeah. Remember when that used to be a thing? Yep. The, the same guy who drafts Jason Witten every year is still, <laughs> bring, still, still like he still brings his mag with him that he bought buys in July. I have it's a few like, people in my league that has a magazine. I'm just like, where did you get that? Who, what's what cover is that? He, here's the fun part: he's won the league like the second most of anyone. He, you know what he doesn't do? Overthink anything. He plays his good players yeah. and doesn't play his bad players. Yeah. Just, now he generally has bad players. Like when he he won back to back years because he couldn't make the draft and someone drafted for him. <laughs> it's a keeper league. So for two years, he was awesome. And then he got back to drafting, and his team has just been abysmal ever the, since. The guy in my league is the same thing. We drafted for him two years ago, and he won the damn league. It's like, what the hell? It comes next year. It comes dead last. How do you approach that? Because, that, I mean, this it's is tough. A, it's a common occurrence. Like, we, did, we had one guy in our league, but he would miss the draft. Like, this guy had special circumstances that we didn't want to fuck him over. Yeah. But he's a good guy. Everyone yeah. likes him. Yeah. He pays his money, and he's usually dead money every year. Yeah, But yeah. he's a good guy. Yeah. We have another guy in our <laughs> league who shows up 45 minutes late to the draft every single year for no other reason than he's, like, smoking bulls in his car. Like, outside. Like, just... You got to give him a penalty. That guy needs but to when, get a penalty. When we draft his team, we draft him, like... We try to go by ADP. Yeah. And as a, as a room, we're like, who is the guy we don't want at this ADP? And, like, we vote on it. But that also fucks up the rest of the draft, too, because sometimes you end up giving him a guy who, like, the next pick wants. And it's it like, sucks. And he, and he does no research. There's no, there's no win. Situ- it's, it's, it's tough for everybody. We, we've done the same thing before. I think a couple years ago when it was Tyree Kill, we said, all right, well, we'll just give Tyree, we'll give him Tyree Kill. He's the next ADP. I don't know what site it was, Yahoo or something. And then one guy in the room says, fuck man are you kidding me that's my guy like i'm three picks later like i wanted tyree kill you can't give him tyree kill because he's not here in the draft like let's give him some other loser and it's like there's a big fight so hopefully you just have everyone come to your draft but i think the best way is just unfortunately it's just you know next adp next yeah best, that, guy, best that, guy available and like it's so hard especially it, put it this way when i was doing fantasy football drafts when i was 21 wasn't super tough to get everyone in the same room at the yeah. same time. But now. Now that I'm 35, I have kids. Friend, like we have one guy. It's funny. The guy who lives in China never misses the draft. Nice. He just, he, and if he, he can he, make he, it. He Skypes in. Like, <laughs> right. And if he can make the draft, your one buddy smoking bowls can make the draft. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone has Zoom now on their phone. They can yeah. fucking figure this out. Exactly. But like, he does no research. He complains about the league, how he hates fantasy football. And then I kicked him out of the league, and then he like lost his mind. <laughs> then like cried and got back in. That didn't show up for the draft. <laughs> Sounds like he needs to be booted again. Yeah, we gave him a partner now who actually... Oh, like we, a co-manager? Well, we brought in... We've done this a few times with like a couple guys in the league that were... like It's been going on for 20 years. Like, yeah, you gotta I get, it, keep it going. People have kids now. People are married. People don't have the same sort of dedication. They don't do this for a living like I do. Right. And even like I'm like pretty on this league. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Cust is like all in on the league. Like, he's, <laughs> he's on top of every trade. Of course he is. But we brought in a couple of the stragglers like just some of our other friends throughout the years that we made new friends or yep. people that we got like reconnected with mm-hmm. brought them back in as co-managers with other people. Yeah. I think that's, and they're a bit more serious and they like make sure that you know, there's not empty spots on their roster playing like injured people. And that's, that's one thing that's annoying too, is that guy probably, you know, if he's into week nine, he's out of it. Yeah. He's out of it and he's not starting guys. It's like, you don't want to pick up guys, whatever. Don't pick up, but at least put somebody in your starting roster. And that's the one decent thing about the like having the keeper league is that people try to remain pretty active the entire way yeah. until you actually like tank. 
That's the answer. You get a co-manager. Yeah. You make sure that the, somebody brings somebody else to the draft. Hunter Henry, tight end, numero nine. Pick number 98. I, I kind of put him in the same range as Evan Ingram. He's a guy who is upside. He's a guy who's frustrated some people recently with some injuries, but when he's healthy, he seems pretty productive. It's just, how's this offense going to really run? That's the big question mark. I think it's a bit, like, people just want to, like, slag Tyrod Taylor the entire time, but when you think about, it, like, his Buffalo days, not so much the Cleveland stuff, because it was just like, oh, let's get Baker in. Yeah. But in Buffalo, like, Hunter Henry's better than Charles Clay. Yeah, and Clay had some pretty good games. Yeah, like but at the same time, like, like would who you was really have, around there? But like would this, you rather have Henry or Hurst? I feel like I'd just gamble on Henry. I would too. Upside. I would too because I've because like I said, I've seen it before. I've seen the good games from Hunter Henry. I know when he's healthy, he's like how many Hunter Henry like games has Hurst put up in his career? None. <laughs> it's true. Really, he's put up none. We're just hoping that he's going to step in and 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 put up. Similar numbers to Austin Hooper, at least with Hunter Hunter Henry, we've we've seen it before. So I I, I think you're right. Tyrod Taylor is or Tyrod Taylor is getting a, a little bit of heat from people in the fantasy community, but I think he's I think he's I think he's going to start the majority of the games. So do I, and I think that he'll be a he'll relative, be fine. He'll be a relatively decent fantasy just don't asset. Just turn the ball over, run. Don't turn the ball over. You got three or four backs. You got Eckler. You got some some options in the passing game, and a defense that if they can stay healthy, still have some. They still have some players on there. If, who can they, make plays. if their defense stays healthy, it's a top five defense. I agree. I agree. Just with so, the way that they can get at, they have enough in coverage and they can get to the quarterback. That is the recipe in the NFL. This may be the year to be on the Chargers after all those I, years that they let everybody down. Like this is this is the year that to to be on them. So again, Henry is in in that range. I think it's fair where he's going. And he, he reminds me a lot of Evan Ingram. He's got the upside, but there's there's some injuries there. But if all those guys are going to fall off, if if your buddy in your draft's going to reach on Hurst, you just wait for Henry. Just wait for Henry. Henry scored on scores. Once on every eight receptions in his career, and he's only twenty five. Pretty damn. He just good. like like Ingram. He's hurt a lot. Yeah, and it's he always fractured like, his knee. It was a random. It's really freaky. He's like the Mark Pryor of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird injuries. Like yeah. he's not injury prone. He just gets yeah hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like Wentz too. Like Wentz had some weird injuries. People call him injury prone, but like is a concussion injury prone? Like. It becomes injury prone. If you continue to get them. Well, but you I do. Mean, once you have one, it kind of opens. Look at Brandon Cooks. It, it just opens up the floodgates. It does. It's, it's easier to get a concussion the second time and the third time than it is the first time. Good point. Number 10. A guy I like this season. Yeah. Gronk. I'm willing to take him He's here. He's the champ. Yeah. Paul, is he still the champ? Did he lose the WWE title? I don't have a microphone set up. You um, can just yell. <laughs> So you just give me a yes or no. He had the twenty four seven title, I believe, for a bit. I haven't. I cashed a ticket on it, but does, does he? If he still has the title, will he lose it after scoring a touchdown? Um, will someone like jump out of the stands? Like in the that's the thing with he, the he 20, broke the bubble. That's Boom. the thing with the twenty four seven title. It can be defended at any time, so it could be like a touchdown celebration. Some wrestler could come on the field. I don't know if the NFL would be on board with that, but that it would, would be, be kind of hilarious. Amazing if someone on like an opposing team thought that wrestling was real and then like tried to get Gronk mid game to become the 24 seven champion. He probably needs to drop the title before this entire thing starts. Yeah, he should Uh, pick one seventeen. Like what's the downside? Like if he's going in the 12th or the 11th round and you roll him out there, maybe he's got awful and then maybe he scores 12 touchdowns. Right. (laughs) 
the upside is tremendous. Let's be honest. The upside is top five because of the touchdowns. What you said off the top of this segment, off this show, is that a lot of these guys, after the first three or four especially, are all touchdown dependent. Is he going to get eight targets a game? No. Is he going to probably get six, seven catches a game? No. He's going to have some games where it's like maybe just two for, two four. for 40. No, I was going to say like two for four. <laughs> two, two for <laughs> 17 or two for four, like whatever. But he's also going to have games where he wins you weeks because he scores two or three touchdowns. I mean, he's still going to have that kind of upside. Obviously, he's very familiar with Tom Brady. He's going to be a red zone target. All of that stuff um, is in play here. Originally, when Gronk signed and, you know, he was getting ranked as a top five tight end, it was very easy for me to say, no, no, thanks. I'm not going to draft him that way. But at this point, you're right. What's the risk? If he gets hurt, then whatever. whatever. If he sucks, whatever. You're just going to drop him or you're going to pick somebody else up that can really help you out. Or if you want, you draft another one of these guys that we're going to talk about with your with your last pick and you have two as some security. How about this? Let's say he does follow because I think that he's just going to be almost an exclusive red zone presence. Yeah. Like that's where they're going to use him the most. He, and he's the only one right now because of basically no off season. You're, you're having zoom meetings when Tom Brady's calling audibles. Gronk knows those audibles. hundred percent. He's like the one guy who knows them. It's a good call. So he has that familiarity with Tom Brady. There's that trust with Tom Brady. Now, physically he looks fine. Yeah. And if he's actually healthy, I mean, he's been just taking CB, CBD, <laughs> CBD pills, like yeah. his joints feel the, good the all the time. The time off is, is going to help him. Yeah, that was his There's thing. No like, question. He just, he just got hurt. Like, if they can yeah. use him in a limited capacity, but the move would be, like, you draft Gronk in, like, the 11th round. Yeah. And ha- watch him have, like, a max of four targets in each of the first, like, three games. But he has, like, five touchdowns in the first three games. Think about what you could trade Gronk for. <laughs> You're right, 100%. Imagine week one and two, and he has four touchdowns. You can flip him for whatever you want. Yeah. Basically. Oh, I mean, you'll, you'll find the guy. You could flip him for a Waller if Waller all of a sudden is like pretty stinky in the first couple weeks. You'll find the guy in your league who's in on Gronk. Yeah. But only after he proves himself to like be doing something decent. Now, if he has like the four or five touchdowns in like two or three games and he's only getting like three, four targets a game, that's not going to sustain itself. You know that. Now, if all of a sudden he's getting like 10, if Gronk this season averages seven targets a game, he could be the number one tight end. Oh yeah, I would <laughs> like, agree with that. I, I, but he's, I, he's not going to do. Yeah, that. I don't. I I can't see it either. But I mean, if there's a really good chance he starts strong, to your point, because he's healthy coming in, he knows the he know, he's going to know Brady. The offense is going to you know be kind of surrounded around. It's not going to be obviously similar. It's going to be more throw down field than what Tom Brady has done over the past couple of years. But again, what what do you think? Over under thirty catches? Over. I, I love Gronk, so I just so want you, it to I happen. could have said 50, and you would have... Yeah, I would have. Eh, 50's a lot for what I expect from here. 30 seems reasonable. Yeah, I, two, I, I feel like 40 a, is, is probably his max. But again, if he gets seven touchdowns, he's a top 10 tight end. Yeah. Jared Cook. Worst place Jared Cook. Everyone <laughs> knows how much I hate Jared Cook. So here's why. He's just the most unreliable player of all time. That's... When yeah. you see him in worst place in my rankings, and I have to get someone else to rank him, it becomes a hassle. Like yeah. week to week, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. However, I just I can't do it. I, I've had Jared Jared Cook on my teams. Mm-hmm. He is the worst player to ever have. You will play him when he scores zero points, and when you don't play him, he scores fucking fifty points. Yeah. So here's why: Jared Cook tied with Mike Kosicki and Mark Andrews at tight end last year as the leader in end zone targets with eleven. But he's still ranked fourth at the position in drop percentage. Like, you'll just see him be wide open. And then he'll make the most athletic play of all time to score a touchdown. You're like, what? What is going Like, he's, I know. He's matchup proof because in yeah. the good matchups, he sucks. In the bad matchups, he's I know. good. He's, like, he's really hard to figure out. There's no consistency in his game. And plus, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. And they drafted a tight end, too. Yeah. Who, so, who's 
you know, should be really on your dynasty radar is, is a guy, you know, next year could be really somebody that we talk about. Yeah, I'm with you. Cook, no chance. All, all the next seven guys okay. going after him, I would much rather have the Cook, even if Cook went where Jack DeWell is going. So Rob Gronkowski picked number 117. Uh, that's actually the same as Jared Cook picked number 117 in terms of ADP. Mike Gusecki is next. Tight end 12, picked number 119. I like Gusecki, but... I mean, there's only st- I can only be so into all these dolphins, yeah, like, and I really like Preston Williams, and I, I like I like Williams, I like Devonte Parker. Like I think just in in a vacuum, I like Sticky Gesicki. <laughs> He's got those hands, nice. the stickums. Yeah, I like that name. But it, again, like if pick number one eighteen, that's what round ten. Yeah. Like, what's the difference at this point between Gesicki and I don't know, like you said, Jack Doyle or even fuck Eric Ebron in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I really like Ebron in Pittsburgh. And those are 16th round yeah. picks. Like, I don't see what the big difference is. Yeah, I, I don't think there's there's huge. I am in in on uh, Gusecki. I think I think he's super talented. I think he, I mean, you don't take any consideration to his rookie year. He really kind of came on strong in, in his sophomore year in the second season. And part of that was Fitzpatrick. Is Fitzpatrick going to be the, the starting quarterback all year? He, he may be. He, he, he could possibly be. I mean, they could potentially just cool it with Tua and let him you know sit behind the sidelines there's a real connection there with Fitzpatrick and Gusecki runs nice routes um, but again part of it Preston Williams wasn't around and Parker was getting top attention Albert Wilson's gonna be healthy again too like they have guys yeah, they do have some guys and maybe and listen Ryan Fitzpatrick is their quarterback and he played pretty well last year he did what usually happens the year after Fitzpatrick <laughs> plays well he's god awful <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're, you're not wrong so I don't I don't hate him but he's just a part of this tier of guys like you can kind of yeah. Pick who you want. I, I think next year we'll be talking about him in the seven to eight, six to eight range. Yeah. I and mean, he was number one in end zone targets last year, like yeah. amongst tight ends, like tied with Jared Cook. So I don't know, and 10 of them came in the final six games of the season. So maybe there is a real connection with yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, but maybe there's, there's no connection with Tua. If Tua ends up coming in, then like, it's you're, possible. You're, you're stuck holding the bag. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, again, it's, it'll be like learning curves again. It'll, there, there's, there has to be a feel out process. But I, I like this range. Like I said, I once you get past those ten, you're just kind of really shooting for upside. And I know the Dolphins improved their defense a little bit, but they're probably going to be passing. I see upside with Gesicki, and like we talked about, Austin Hooper, he's number thirteen. Number fourteen is Dallas Goddard, pick number one thirty three, as high as a hundred, as low as one seventy five. So undrafted, and like you said, if something ever happens to Ertz and Goddard's healthy, like he's probably a top five guy. It's just you're just taking him as an upside play. You can't really get too excited about yeah you can't there's no way that you can ever feel excited or comfortable starting you know somebody who there's another tight end on that team who's better it's just it's obvious you just if for whatever reason you you fade tight ends or you're just you're playing two tight end leagues sure are there a lot of two tight ends? i drafted one and serious with howard bender it was it was man like i ended up with uh i think that's like two catcher leagues I, in baseball. I know. If people actually ever like played oh fantasy goodness. baseball, which they don't anymore, which couldn't be happier about. Me getting out of fantasy baseball at like the peak of fantasy baseball and just yeah. never playing it again. I was in one of your home leagues. It was kind of fun the first year. I think you had like 20 people. No, we had six, 16. 16 people? Yeah, the auction took eight hours. <laughs> it was like it's it was yeah. fun, but I, I just stopped caring about baseball. I, I took 
Pardon the Independence Day, the Canadian that I am, the Independence Day Invitational on Sirius XM with Howard Benner, two tight ends that you had to start. I took Hooper, who I don't feel great about, but I took him as like tight end 13. <laughs> and I had to take him in like the sixth round because they were just flying off the board. Uh, and it, like I said, in those leagues, an exception. But most people, they don't want to play with two tight ends, and I don't yeah. blame them. Goddard isn't a bad bet if it's a league with a big bench. Yes. Then you don't you can need him afford as your, like, to stash him. Like I don't think that you should ever draft. It's like having a backup quarterback. Like having a backup tight end seems kind of pointless, right? Especially if you have a stud at the top. Yeah, unless you do something like Kelsey Kittle and you use one at tight end, one at flex, and yeah. try to fuck over the rest of your league by monopolizing the one spot, and yeah. no one's going to be better I don't mind than that strategy. Spot. It's dicey because it leaves dicey. you real thin everywhere else. At running back, especially. Yeah, like you can get by a wide receiver, but yeah, I mean Goddard. But I'll like, say this for the dynasty no, people hold out there. On. Uh, let me think about this now. Twelve team league. Yeah, you get the first pick, so you get McCaffrey, and let's say they're both there. Could you go? Could you go, Kelsey Kittle? Like, it, I, I don't know, like what the value proposition on. I'd have to ask Pizapia, yeah, who yeah. does like the yeah, relative yeah. average. Position. He would say yes. That's interesting. He would tell you yes. He, I believe, he thinks that they're both first round talents, like back of the first, early second. That they wouldn't probably wouldn't be there. I would do that if I had CMC. I would, I would do something like That's that. That's an interesting strategy. Yeah, because you really are. Get at me. If anyone has it. actually put this into practice, I'd be really curious to know yeah. about it. Just because. Like I said, not only do you monopolize the tight end position in terms of like that T-E, T-E spot mm. on your roster yeah. versus everyone else in the league, right? You like the next best guy that they could have is Mark Andrews, who could bust. Who fuck knows? <laughs> right, one guy's gonna have Andrews. Then what? You're then you're looking at a lot of the question marks here. You're looking at somebody who's gonna. Oh my god, I gotta get Higby now, or oh my god, I gotta get Hayden Hurst. You know what I mean? I guess the question would be how much better. Let, let's say you just take Kittle with your second pick. He's your tight end. Like at pick number three, one, pick number twenty five overall. If Kittle was there, like who is that stacked up against? Like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is one of those players. Yeah, like what? Backs? Do, you, do you? Yeah, like what backs are still available in that range? Josh Jacobs, maybe. Yeah, maybe Jacobs. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is starting to become the helium is not as. I like him still. I, I actually I, like him more now. Like at first, he's almost yes. like Gronk. It's like you oh, back end of the first round. Now, now the the hot like industry thing is like you know who you should draft is Damian Williams. He's sick. It's like yeah, okay. You might be good for like a game or two, then then have fun with that. Yeah, Edward Solaire is eventually going to take over. Yeah, but I mean, you you just have to ask yourself who you're looking at for backs if you did that tight end, tight end, uh, or you know CMC or Barkley, and then tight end, tight end. Like what what would you have? And you could have a Montgomery. You could have a Chris Carson who seems to be falling. I'm, that that's okay. Well, I'm just I'm just curious, like Kittle versus whoever's oh, okay. at that draft spot. Yeah. Like who do you lose out on by taking Kittle? Like is Kittle as good as blank? player that is also available at 25 like adam thielen i'd say yes i'd say yes yeah kittle <laughs> is yeah that should be that's cooper cop that's an interesting thing like i used to do the flex ranking column um i do too many like media shows now that it's hard to keep up with like the flex because like i have to go change my positional rankings then i have to go like amend the flex rankings it doesn't sound like that big of a deal but it takes it's, an egregious amount of time yeah. and on a sunday morning when i want to update stuff i don't have an hour and a half to dedicate to updating like piece by piece the flex rankings the position super easy it's either that or i don't do shows on a sunday morning right so i'd rather do the shows of course so that's why there's no more flex rankings anyone was ever curious although the top 200 i have right now is uh, a mix of all of the positions, quarterbacks included, that just take a look of where Kelsey and Kittle rank amongst wide receivers. I think that's really important to figure out. 
Yeah, and I and I think they, for me, they rank right there with like Allen Robinson and Galladay. Like, and if that's the case, then Kelsey and Kittle are better picks solely because that position is just more scarce. Exactly. There's just so much value as we talked about when we were doing wide receivers. So Goddard, deep bench. Don't trust him to start. By low in dynasty. Because I, I wouldn't be shocked if he if or they don't sign Ertz in two years. Noah Fant, running back number 15, pick number 133. I like Fant. Even with the addition of Judge Judy, yeah, I, I, that might be even better for him. It, it may be. I liked him a hell of a lot more when it was just Sutton and Fant. <laughs> I mean, they got K.J. Hamler and Judge Judy and Albert O, who had 17 touchdowns in two years in Missouri with Drew Locke. I mean, he's very familiar with him as well. He uh, Denver's going to be a speedy team. Like, I don't want to get too far ahead and say you're the baby Chiefs. Fans fast, dude. They're all fast, man. You add in Lindsey and Gordon in the backfield. I mean, they're going to play fast. There's a lot of options for Drew Locke. I mean, there's really no excuse for him. Do you like Fant or number 16 tight end Hawkinson? I like Hawkinson. I like Hawkinson better uh, because he could, like, we, we both like Jones. But he could be that solid number three. You, st- you started to see him really take a stride halfway through the year, and then he suffered that injury. He was starting to become a red zone target. Well, I, think, I think we were watching that game together, and it looked yeah. like he broke his we, neck. Was it Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving I think game? it was Thanksgiving. Against KC that they almost won? No. There no. was one game no, you we, and I we, watched against KC where they should have like, won. That was like week three. Well, they should have won that game. Like Detroit was actually decent offensively. I'm in on him. I like Stafford. I like the offense. I think they're going to have issue running the football as much as they well, want to go with Swift and he, here's carry the, on. Here's the big thing with Hawkinson versus Fan. Uh, it's like an Evan Ingram situation and an O.J. Howard situation. One of the problems O.J. Howard encountered was he was getting limited snaps, but he's also a fucking incredible blocker. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, oh, if we ever want to run, we need to have O.J. in the game. Hawkinson, yeah. incredible Blocker. Noah Fant can't block. Can't block. So they, they don't even ask him to block. They're right. Like, you go play receiver. Yeah. So he's just going to run more routes. So even if the Detroit offense is better, he's still at least man three on the totem pole. Matt Patricia is their coach who just wants to run it with like five running backs. No one's ever like, I let's know. draft a running back in the second round. But here's the thing. We're not going to use him. We're going to use this guy we picked up off the street for some reason. Bo Scarborough. Who, and it, well, not even Bo Scarborough. Who was the other loser we kept using last year? Ty. Oh, Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson. I, I saw somebody spell like 87 bucks, fab bucks on him when carry on went down. And it was like, he have was, you not learned anything, Patricia? Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, he was brutal. So for me, it's not even close, actually. Like, I, I think from a talent standpoint that th- it's kind of close. They're both exciting players. But when I look at the perspective on their teams, it's Hawkinson for me. And, it, and again, it's not even close because, like I said, he could be the third option. There are going to be games with Fant the where it's like option. the fifth or sixth. Like, See, I don't see it that way necessarily. Like, I don't think that we know what the pecking order is in Denver. At least in Detroit, we know it's Galladay, it's Jones, and then it's question mark. Probably Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Could be Amendola. It could be... Yeah. Um, maybe they'll sign uh, TJ Jones again. Get him back in the game. Yeah, but maybe. in Denver, like it's probably... like, Do we know who the one is between Sutton and Judy? We assume it's Sutton. It could be Judy. You're right. It and then could there be. could just be a spot carved out for Noah Fant. Like, hey, you get... It's like Evan Ingram is with the Giants receivers. With the Giants, like Sterling Shepard's a fine player. Slayton's yeah. a fine player. Tate's a fine player. Yeah. But there's always seven targets a game for Evan Ingram. Yeah. Yeah. Let me bring up a good point. But again, like they brought in another tight end like that, Albert O. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that guy's last name. No Maybe chance. he blocks. I have no idea if he's a good blocker or not. Super but. quick. Super fast. He's not quick. He's, he's not. Here's an interesting one. Number 17, Jonu. Yeah. I mean, now we're, now we're getting into the, like, how many tight ends can you say in this range who... They're the number two option in the passing game. It's just how often are they going to pass? Yeah, not often. Offense is not going to change too much. They're not going to sneak up on anybody too often this year with the play-action pass and A.J. Brown. But, 
mean, maybe we'll see more stack boxes. Maybe that maybe that will be the game plan for teams. Like, listen, let's stack the box and let's double team AJ Brown. Yeah, and John is a freak athlete, man. He's so very fast. good. After Except the catch. Titans are yeah. real sneaky, like the Raiders are. Is they'll let John who get there, and then they'll throw to like <laughs> Ferkster. It's like, oh, yeah, sweet. Just... Well, they'll bring in a defensive tackle and throw to him. Like they do weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, and like, are we convinced that? This offense is going to be as efficient with Ryan I don't Tannehill think, as it I was don't last think so. year. Like that's tough. Yeah, like they were so good. Man, he, Tannehill set records. Like not records, but like yards per attempt. I think the highest since Kurt Warner back in like two thousand. And if things go optimally for them, they're just going to run the ball seventy five times a game, as they should. But I think that's a at pick one forty one. Yeah, like even versus Goddard, Fant, and Hawkinson, Jonu might be the better play because if he is the number two, like. There's really no, like, Corey Davis? Give your head a shot. I know. Like, there's no... We can't make excuses for Corey Davis anymore. We just can't. He had every he's opportunity. He's free, by the way, he, oh, in drafts. Yeah, he's not even getting drafted. Rapid fire. Jack Doyle, pick 155. They bring in Trey Burton, as you brought up. It yeah, is well, Frank Reich's boy. Frank Reich. Special, Philly special. I think they're going to try to use him. It's just, you know, how much can he... Can he you know, offer, right? I mean, I guess Chicago was just a shit show, right? I mean, well, that he's, Nagy he's was... One of ten, ten tight ends. There was so many tight ends there. He suffered the injury. Uh, I, he had a couple okay moments in his first year, but listen, Frank Reich is... He's been known to utilize all these tight ends. He did in Philadelphia. Burton had a couple decent games there with Zach Ertz on the field. Like, do you want Doyle? I want Doyle. Okay. I want Doyle over Fant, Goddard, Hooper, probably. And this is the last round pick, if you wanted to do Yeah. It's right. free. I like a, and the Jarwin Ebron too. Jarwin out. There's a lot of people that are really in on Jarwin. I think he's I, fine. There's just so many options. That's, that's there. the whole thing. Yeah. Like, what is what can we really expect from him? Before, free catches before a game. Lamb went to Dallas. I got yeah. it. But now there's sure. just too many people. Yeah. There's way too many guys. There's three really good wide receivers, and they and they still have Zeke to run the football. Plus, Dak calls all numbered in red zone yeah. too. We back on Herndon. Yeah. I'm back on Hernan. Hernan also free. That's pick number 170. Eric Ebron is 21. That's pick 172. I'm really on on Ebron. Yeah, you wait till the alligator arms the ball <laughs> in the end zone. You're like, oh man, like there's no one around you. I know that. <laughs> what are you well, doing? that that's gonna happen. But everyone got excited about Vance McDonald last year because he was gonna be given an opportunity in Big Ben. You know, all those years that he, you know, he even threw the ball to Heath Miller. Like Heath Miller was never a tight end one, but he was actually a sneaky guy that He's like in deeper leagues that you could play, even knowing with Antonio Brown was there and other guys that they had on the team back in the day. Yeah, whether, whether it was Wallace, Sanders, whether it was Juju. Wallace, yeah. yeah, Juju. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, maybe third option on the team. Could be the red zone guy. Could be the red zone guy. Ben likes to call zone number. Likes to throw the football in the red zone. Likes to throw the football a lot, Ben. Yeah, he does. We'll (laughs) see. We'll see if he's up to the task this year. Yeah. Any other tight ends? Like the the problem with Hearn is, I believe they re-signed Ryan Griffin, who was good. Who was really good, and that is the problem. That's probably why you know Hernan will get on draft in your normal league, but he's he's right there in terms of like a waiver wire guy, somebody you need to have on your radar in a deeper format, a tight end two. Again, you start those guys. Sure. But yeah, he was really good. But Herndon just I just look at him and I just try not to think about what happened last year, right? Wasn't he suspended and then he had the injury. He just yeah. he never got on the field. He was pretty good toward the end of he 2018 was, he really was like there was such, such optimism for him last yeah. year like oh like he was a guy that people stashed yes after the I suspension st- he was me god awful i stashed afterwards like and then he got hurt and was like oh yeah he's not playing again this week what do you mean he's not playing again this yeah. week uh, the only other guy i would think about is like darren fells yeah just because when you have will fuller and brandon cooks and randall cobb as your receiving core like max one of those guys is gonna play every week <laughs> i i on ftn i wrote up just 
some quarterbacks, and I know we'll get to that in another show. And I just what I was saying is like, man, there may be times where Fells is the <laughs> only option. Cobb and Fells, yeah, the and only it, option for he, Watson. I don't know if people know this or not, but Deshaun Watson, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Real good. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, they're coming back with another season to curve. I saw that. Yeah. Excited. So, yeah. Chris Meany. For you. At Chris Meany on Twitter. FTNFantasy.com. FTNBets.com. FTNDaily.com. Yeah. Use promo code MAYO. Get yourself an extra discount up there. Do it up. Lots of exciting things. Thanks yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, hit the description of the video and or podcast or both. I mean, why not watch both? I mean, you can really use the downloads. I'm not going to lie to you on this one. Uh, the draft kit is in there. You can get the link to my top 200 my top 200 rankings at all positions, plus all the shows. Like, it's all free content, so hit the like button. Tell me your tight end bust in the comment section. Rate and review the Pat Mayo experience. Five stars, please. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo experience. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.